Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Gil Mayron. Gil is the founder and CEO of Cabot Nation, Architects of Automation. Gil is a pioneer of the consumer 3D printing industry, as well as the founder and CEO of Botmill 3D, which manufactured and sold the first fully assembled consumer 3D printers. When Botmill was acquired by 3D Systems Corp., Gil continued to leave corporate development and strategies for the consumer division. He composed the first ever license deals involving 3D printing with Sony, Viacom, the NBA, and DreamWorks. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Gil Mayron. Thanks for having me, yeah. So first off, Gil, why do you do what you do? Uh, well, you know, I think it's uh, there, there's a few folds here. Um, beyond any sort of monetary satisfaction, I've sold companies, things like, it's, it's more about uh, changing the world. It's more about progressing what you feel is right um, and moving it as fast as possible while you're here on this earth. And so uh, automation, a lot of the customers that we have um, – if we wouldn't be there now with our value proposition doing what we're doing, they could probably go either another 10 or 20 years without having a solution, or you know, we, could, we could think that somebody may come in and do what we're doing, but we're still the only one doing what we're doing after two years. So. And so talk a little bit about how you think jobs are being eliminated by the robots, especially in the manufacturing space. Yeah, so, so we deal with uh, large Fortune 500 companies, and so when we look at their facilities, and it could be... Four identical facilities, they each have 3,000, 4,000 employees, but all of these employees, what they're doing are very repetitive tasks. And so everybody's seen the industrial robots of the past. You've seen them at the large car companies when they have how you do it, walk through with their cameras. And so uh, all of those places, they still have humans that are on the line that are doing those smaller repetitive tasks because uh, nobody had the gumption to put a robot and call it a collaborative robot and uh, make a selling point that it could work with humans if you have enough sensors and other things and perimeter and all these things incorporated into it, somehow the perception is that now it's great for humans to be around. I, I beg to differ, even though the company name is Cobot Nation, mm -hmm. um, we're dealing with companies where we're, we're dealing with their core process and they're, they're publicly traded these companies. It would affect what they do in the future if we, if we go down and do other things. Um, but with that being said, with the human side of things, if we're with a manufacturer that has 4,000 employees at a, at a specific given place, uh, they're looking to get rid of over 3,000 of those as soon as humanly possible. And so it's, it, the question is no longer, uh, I don't know if this can really do the job for me. And now it's these companies have massive mandates coming down to them from the top down where you have to automate, you need to do it right now. One of the reasons for that is also, so just a quick analogy, if you were a CNC shop, and on Street B, you have another CNC shop. You have the same machine, similar clients. Um, and so you're really in a cutthroat for the last 20 years. You're just nonstop going up against each other. And then one day, uh, the one on B, they decide to automate. Well, what you didn't know is that they probably went through a year of something, if not more, of just learning, uh, dealing with the company that they may find to actually do this for them. We, we don't know of anybody else who does what we do in the way that we do it. And so it's very difficult to see uh, how it's not going to turn out uh, really, really interesting in the next uh, three to five years. So some of the companies we deal with, they're, they're the largest in their field. And when I give an example of four identical places with maybe 4,000 apiece, these are real examples. Um, 
And when I say that they're getting rid of three, that they really want to get rid of all these people uh, because they can't even retain them anymore. So that's that's another thing on top of everything else, a minimum wage and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, you're going to go for something where if I give a solution that automates a process where you have two humans, my solution may be sixty thousand, seventy thousand complete, twenty percent of the service, the whole thing. At that point, you're. Uh, it's a real difficult thing to argue against. It's, uh, it pays for itself very quickly. It could go 24-7. Um, most of the robots that we make, we make it so that uh, when the conveyor moves, because you have other humans that are still on it, then the robot will do its job, and it'll shut off when it shuts off. And so, so all these things we're able to do very easily, and not to mention also one more thing, is also the, um, the AI and heat maps. and things. It's very easy to do these things these days, and, and people forget that a lot of the vision stuff has been around for uh, for a few decades now. To the point where, you know, it's going to be a factory with a guy and two dogs, and the guy is there to feed the dogs, and the dogs are there to make sure that the guy doesn't touch the machines. Yeah, no, and that actually gets up a good point. So every customer that we deal with, um, and we think that the other companies may have gotten it a little bit wrong in this sense, but every customer we deal with, they all need indexing. So they're not taking a human from doing a job and then moving them next to the robot and say, hey, feed this robot the apples in this position, and they will take it every time. No, they need another machine that's going to index all that, like um, the same way they would see the pennies and the quarters and all that stuff go into a machine, and all comes out nice and uniform. So that goes with everything that we do with automation. It all, there is some sort of indexing on no matter what we do. Um, and so that is also uh, an item that we consider to be a cobalt because the way that we make them, they work with or without humans. And uh, everything that we make is meant to be pushed out of the way if it needs to be. Um, because if you're a Ford and you can't have your assembly line go down, but maybe a few weeks a year when they do like mandated uh, maintenance, um, that's a big problem. And so you don't want to have an industrial robot there that's bolted to the ground, that has a cage around it. Uh, there's other ways to do things now where you can still be safe, but Again, the, the ultimate goal here is uh, we're getting rid of all the humans where there's no real thought that's going into what it is that they're doing. Uh, and it's just repetitive. So what, what about the results of this? Is it, I mean, I, th- I think I read a proposal from me at Bill Gates, as a matter of fact, where he suggests that we should, we should tax the robots. <laughs> well, look, I mean, uh, I come from, from a 3D printing background. And in 3D printing, uh, 3D printing is inherently slow. And so you can do several things to try to speed it up. You can have a chemical method instead of a heat-based method. That might do something by some incremental change. But at the end of the day, the, if, if you do other things like add automation to it, you actually get more incremental change from that, adding a second or a minute to the whole process, than you would if you actually were to change the actual printer itself. Not to knock on all the people that are doing all the great work out there, but you know, it's a, that's a difficult uh, one to take on. So, but with that being inherently slow, um, automation is what we we decided to uh, to solve it, and that's how I got into uh, everything with automation as well. And Gil, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours, and why are they a hero? Oh, uh, well, that's that's a good question. I think, uh, well, I mean, certainly my my parents, but specifically my father, and I think that uh, having the ability to uh, make up your mind with what's right and then go for it. And continue to grind and go for it and get it done, just like we're doing here or anything else. Uh, that's not something we see every day in a lot of people. And certainly not something we're seeing out of a lot of graduates that we're hiring. <laughs> so, so hopefully we can start to see a little bit more grit uh, come back into, uh, into human nature. So. And lastly, Gil, how can somebody contact you? 
Sure. Uh, well, they can reach me over at my company, cobonation.com. Um, you can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, pretty much anywhere. You can email me directly, gil at cobotnation. So, yeah. Gil, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Yeah, thank you. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. 